It's time for America's most unique motorsports show, Mostly Motorsports with the Racing Boys, brought to you by Rod and Supply and the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to Mostly Motorsports. It's all brought to you by Rod and Supply, featuring the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. I'm Scott Trailer. He's Kirk Elliott. We're the Racing Boys. Todd Surprise taking care of all the production here today on Mostly Motorsports. Again, all brought to you by Rod and Supply. How was your weekend, Kirk? How, how, did, you, did you do a lot this weekend? Uh, I, I watched some basketball this weekend. The uh, Lady Cyclones were down at the uh, Municipal Auditorium in the Big 12 tournament, and I uh, watched him win a couple of games and cut down the nets on Sunday. So... I uh, I thought that was pretty cool. All right. Got to see two games down there, so that that's what I did this weekend. And watch a little racing, too, on top of that. Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, unfortunately, this weekend, on my birthday, I was sick. That sucks. Uh, it, it really sucked bad, to be honest with you. You'd planned on going down to see a concert, maybe. I was gonna, Saturday, I right? was gonna go down and see Alter Bridge um, Saturday night, and I was gonna go down there, and, and and you know what? I really wanted to see Todd, to be honest with you. I know you went to Buddy Guy this weekend, but uh, I went down. I really wanted to go down and see Wolfgang. Yeah. To be honest with you. I've seen Wolfgang, and it's definitely, like you said, that would have been a really good show. And I'd have been there if I hadn't already purchased tickets. To Buddy pure, Guy. Yeah, pure, you know, way pre- previous to see Buddy back in, oh, I think I bought him back in December. So, I mean, I've had him for a while. It was a completely sold-out show there at, at the Uptown Theater. And like we were talking before the, the show, there a lot of big-time people in Kansas City uh, Saturday night. We a lot were, going on downtown. Phew. Boy, I had a hell of a time trying to find a place to park on Saturday afternoon. There was Did much you? going on. Yeah, and it was raining, too, by the way. Yeah. So that added to it. Well, you had you had the Big 12 double time. You had one at the T-Mobile. At the Sprint Center. Sprint at T-Mobile. Oh, oh, T-Mobile. T-Mobile. Yeah. And then Municipal Auditorium all done up. And, and then the World of Wheels going on. World of Wheels with... Henry Winkler, the Fonz in town, right? With a couple wrestlers and a couple movie stars, so you had all that. Shaq was in town. Shaq Diesel in town, opening up a new franchise at the new KCI Airport, and he was downstairs DJing at the downtown, not downstairs, downtown at the Power and Light, and he was DJing all night down there. And then, then you had Buddy Guy, Buddy at the, Guy, Eric Gales at the uptown, up the uptown. It was, and the Midland was busy too. And the, the I mean, it was just all night long. It was packed and, and busy. So, good time had by everybody in Kansas City. Getting ready for the big event coming up in a couple of weeks. You know, the big draft coming up. So, right. Um, yeah, it was a fun time had by all that. Buddy Guy at eighty six years old, my friend. Um, How was a, he? That's amazing. I, I wasn't expecting after. anything, to be honest with you. I was expecting him to sing because he, he has a really good voice. I've been watching some of his right. videos. He can sing still. He still has a really good voice for blues, and um, but he was really good. He, the problem, here's what I would do if I was, his mix is a lot higher in, because he's Buddy Guy. Yeah. So his mix was a little hotter than all the other guitar players. So when his mistakes would kind of come through, you heard him more. Right. Whereas... You might tuck him in a little bit, but he's buddy guy. And man, let me tell you, he walked through the crowd and did his did his thing. Only had one guy 
big security guy following him around doing the thing. It was a really good show. And normally, you know, the seats I, upstairs of the seats, downstairs, you just kind of stand. Right. There's all packed, stand, all seats everywhere. Completely sold out. Sold to the hilt. There wasn't, wasn't one seat empty in that whole building. Last. The only tickets I saw that were open were those two balconies in the corner, and I don't think they sell those no more. The two corner balconies right. that they have. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it was it was a good show. How many people are we talking about? Oh, I don't know what that place holds. Well, uh, let let me tell you, I went Friday night to see the Kentucky Headhunters. Yeah, at Knuckleheads. At Knuckleheads, and let me tell you, that place was sold out. They had the biggest crowd down there I've in seen in the garage. In, in the in the garage in a long time. It was much bigger than what we saw with Richie Cotson and. Yeah, that Richie Cotson was kind of a one-off deal. He kind of he 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 didn't really have that thing planned. Did you it get was a seat in there, or did you have to stand up the whole time? Um, we have some friends, uh, Sherry and Joe, that they they bought a bunch of tables along the wall there, and we got to sit down and and watch the show. So it was really good, man. It was really good show. Kentucky hunters are pretty good. Yeah. You ever seen them before, Kurt? I haven't, but I've heard of them. Uh, what about thirty years ago? They had a song on the radio. I can't remember what it was. Oh, they've had a lot of songs on the radio before. So, um, let's let's get right into uh, some motorsports, Kirk. I think the biggest victory of the weekend for me personally was Jade Avedisian beating Timez. No doubt about it. Yeah. Highlight of the weekend for me as well. And man, what a <clears throat> What a great job they did prepping that racetrack inside the Southern Illinois Center at DuCoin. I thought it was a great racetrack. Timez passed Jade early in the race. Looked like he was going to check out. Right. But then he started to get slowed down. down by some lap traffic there. Mm-hmm. And Jade, i got to tell you something, Scott. She, she is a racer, and she is a competitor. And when she got close enough, to Timaz, I think Timaz, and I think she did run him up into the cushion there a little bit, but those cars never touched, and he got up into the cushion, and around he went, and Jade was able to get around him, and she went. I'm not sure they never touched. I don't know. We've got the replay again up here. We'll take a look at that to see if they actually touched, but the fact is he got up into the he Get got up in the muck, high, and that's what got him turned around. He got up in the muck, and and he just kind of lost it there a little bit. But she said after the race, "I don't want to win a race like that." And I'm thinking, don't apologize for that because look what he did to you the night before, right? And he was roughing a lot of guys up on his way to the front the other night, which I have no problem with. I love T Mass. He's a uh, he's an exciting racer. Uh, uh, let me just tell you, I thought that T Mass was being a little rugged with a lot of the drivers the other night. No doubt about it. Yeah, for sure. And he, it looked like he had the faster car. Maybe Cannon McIntosh might have had something for him, but he flipped it. He got upside down during that race, so McIntosh mm-hmm. was not going to be a factor. But uh, if you look to where Jade started the night before, on Friday night, she started up front. She had a great starting spot up front on Saturday night. And, man, Keith Coons has uh, really tabbed a big one. She has moved over from the Chad Boat Racing Team to Keith Coons Motorsports, and this looks like a big deal to me, Scott. Yeah, well, I think she might be a, a contender for the championship this year. I think so. Yeah. In, that, in that series, especially the X, 
the Extreme Outlaw Midget Series. But uh, hats off to all the folks that put that track together at the Southern Illinois Center. I thought they did a great job. Good action on Saturday night and Friday night as well. Well, what I've got to say is is that she shouldn't be upset about moving Timez out of the way after what he did to her the night before. Exactly. Exactly. So she said, well, I don't like winning that way. And, you know, but uh, she's got nothing to apologize for. I didn't think she did anything wrong. Uh, But, boy, she was right there when it counted. Yeah. And we talked about her on Saturday morning. She and Kaylee Bryson are two young ladies that are going to win races this year. They both qualified for the Chili Bowl, which that's a quite an accomplishment in of itself to just make your way into the eight-feature field. A lot of guys that are heavy hitters didn't make it, like Buddy Kofoid and some others didn't make the A-Main, but those two girls did, and that's the second year in a row that Kaylee Bryson made the field. But uh, what a performance by Jade Abedishian on Saturday night out of DeCoin. Yeah. Uh, she's probably the best female racer coming up through the ranks right now, don't you think? I think so. Mm-hmm. It's going to be interesting to see think, how she does from here on out. But I know we talked about it on on uh, last week, Kaylee Bryson. Do you think she's better than Jade Averdesian? I kind of put them on the same level right now. Uh, Kaylee now, she's got a full-time Silver Crown ride, and she made a heck of a run last fall. I think that was at DeCoin, mm-hmm. and she had a car that definitely had a chance to win that race until mechanical issues put her out. So both those girls are uh, are poised to win some races this year, and they're in good equipment. Jade Avedisian now is in top flight equipment, and you know she was she, in the Chad boat stuff. She was in good stuff there too, but mm-hmm. I think she stepped it up even more so going over to KKM Motorsports. Well, I, I think that was the biggest win of the weekend, don't you think? I think so. That's a highlight for me, watching all the races. We watched the cup race at Phoenix yesterday, drag racing down at uh, Gainesville. We saw a couple of late model races that were eventful. But to me, this rises at the top of the highlights of the racing that I watched this weekend. You know, I, I thought that uh, Billy Moyer Sr. was going to win that race down there at, at Boot Hill. Didn't you think so? Saturday night, night two yeah. of the uh, Comp Cam Super Series. Uh, Billy Moyer had a pretty good lead in that race. He led most of that race. But Garrett Albertson chased him down, passed him on the outside with about five laps to go, and right. then checked out. He, I think he led by more than a straightaway. I think Jared Alverson was the fastest of the two cars. At the end, especially. Yeah, no doubt. But, I mean, he made, I don't know whether Billy Moyer faded there towards the end or the car came to Garrett Alverson. It looked like Billy Moyer uh, Sr.'s car went away a little bit at the end of that race. It did appear that way. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, hey, when you uh, run down Billy Moyer Sr., one of the great late model drivers of all time, pass him on the outside and check out. 840-some wins he's got. Yeah. Now, he's older now, so he's not quite as good as he was, you know. Well, I wouldn't 15, say that. years ago, but he could steal a wheel of late model. I wouldn't say that he's not as good as he was a few years ago. You know, well, he's it, 60-some years old now. But, but to be honest with you, Kirk, if you take a look at the late model drivers, the guys that are more successful than anybody are the drivers that have been around a long time, right? 
I mean, in sprint car racing, it's the young guys coming up through the ranks, and they're the guys that are winning the races, right? But in late model racing, it's the older guys that are winning the races more often than not. Would you agree with me on that? Well, I mean, you got guys like Tim McCready who's been around forever and Jonathan Davenport. These guys are still at the top of their game out there. You still see some good young drivers. Garrett Albertson's one of them that have stepped up. Hudson O'Neill is another driver, 22 years old, that's stepped up and at the top of his game. But I think it's easier if you're a veteran late model driver to keep on top of your game than it is in a sprint car because it's so physical uh, that it's just so hard to keep up uh, the top-level speed and have the athletic ability to be able to keep it up front. And, right. and I'm not saying late models is harder to dr- or is easier to drive. I'm just saying that in sprint cars, it, it takes I, I, a little I, bit I, more I would, athletic ability. I would say that sprint cars are harder to drive. Well, yeah, I mean, you, you have to be, I think, more of an athlete. The wheel of sprint car at right. high speed. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, the case in point, Sammy Swindell, who was pretty competitive up until here just a few years ago, but he's 67 years old. Right. So he's just not not as good as he, he used to be. Yeah. He's still pretty good out there driving a sprint car at 67, but not near as good as when he's in his prime. And you look at Billy Moyer in a late model. Yeah, he went up there, led a lot of laps the other night down in Louisiana, but he's still not, you know, you, you can't say that he's at the level of when he was winning most of these races in his prime uh, 20 years ago, 20, 30 years ago. And uh, I believe his boy, uh, Billy Moyer Jr., ended up running fifth the other night. Yeah, he had a pretty good run. Yeah. He had, he actually, uh, he was up there running up front the night before that in that crash fest that they had on Friday night down there when Logan Martin took out Neil Baggett on that last lap to win that race. A couple of cars got upside down. We saw a lot of crashes on that race on Friday night. Saturday night mm-hmm. was a little bit more tame. Not as much sheet metal tore up on Saturday night as we saw on Friday night down there at the Boot Hill Speedway. Yeah. Um, so, Kirk, uh, what did you think about the cup race yesterday? I think this new package that they got made things better. Uh, the car's a little bit more looser. They're slipping and sliding. They took quite a bit of downforce off these cars, which I think made the racing a little bit better. It was an interesting finish to that race. It looked like Kevin Harvick was going to pull off the win until that yellow flag came out. Uh, I, I, to be honest with you, I thought Kyle Larson was going to win the race. He had a chance to. The, the overtime restarts, there were two of them. The first restart... He got out in front, looked like he was going to be able to maintain the advantage on that first restart until Ty Gibbs got into the wall. But that last restart, uh, not so much. Ryan Blaney was a factor, and Tyler Reddick pushed William Byron on that outside and gave him the boost he needed. Larson tried to run him up the racetrack, but that didn't work. And, you know, Byron did a good job of maintaining the advantage two races in a row now he's had the to, better of to be honest with you William Byron needs to thank Tyler Reddick for that push because so. that's what got him into the lead yeah right no doubt about it. and Tyler Reddick was one of two guys on four tires he had uh he had the four tires Kevin Harvick came in took on four tires he was the leader of the race in that first yellow flag everybody else took on two tires 
And, you know, Kevin Harvick was saying, you know, he's not second-guessing himself because if he'd have come in and taken on two tires, everybody else would have probably taken on four. So if you're the leader, everybody's going to do the opposite of what you're doing. I think Kevin Harvick felt like, and his crew chief felt like, that if they put on four tires, they would have an advantage over yeah. the other cars. Yeah, and I, I don't second-guess that decision, right. what they did. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, you know, Rudy Fugel, the crew chief for William Byron, the second week in a row, he's made a great call. Two tires is the ticket. And uh, Cliff Daniels, same thing for Kyle Larson. I'm not sure what else Kyle Larson could have done to uh, pull off that win. They took on the two tires just like Byron did, but... I think Byron just had the better of him. What what more could have Kyle Larson done to pull that off? Um, I I don't know. You know, he, 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 Ryan Blaney was a factor. He took the top side, didn't he, on that restart? Byron did. Larson, Larson, was, Larson on was on the bottom. Yeah, Larson on the bottom. Right. But then when Larson ran Byron up on the high side. I think it hurt Larson. Boom. Yeah. That helped Bla- there was the push right once there. Once Blaney got beside him, it, it yeah, was... Yeah, Blaney, Blaney was a big factor in that. Yeah, once he got beside him, there was nothing he could do. He was taking air off him every time he was even... Kyle Larson was a little bummed out after that race, wasn't he? Well, why wouldn't he be? He <laughs> led 201 of the 317 laps right. during that race. William Byron led car. William Byron led sixty four laps, Kurt. Yeah. Did yeah. you see any of that press conference at all with or the not presser, but the post race comments with yeah. Kyle Larson when he was they asked him about because I guess they confiscated some stuff. We'll talk to Lee obviously here about that the a little bit. Louvers. But the Louvers and he and Kyle Larson said, Look, man, I don't even know what Louvers are, man. He goes, I I don't know race cars. I just drive them and he says, I mean, I'm joking about the Louver right. thing to an extent. He goes, But really I don't know. Well, that's the right answer. That exactly. Uh, just put me, I'm the driver, I'm and the I driver. don't know nothing. <laughs> right. You'll have to talk to somebody else about all that stuff. Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, Kevin Harvick led 36 laps. Yeah. And I, I thought once he got out in front, that yellow had to come out. I think he probably would have won his 10th race. I, yeah, he was going for 10, and I don't know if you watched the Xfinity race at all before, but when they were talking, they had Harvick and um, uh, Joey Logano doing the doing the audio and they were doing mike or whoever was to help was the one the ringlinger of the thing the professional out of the two he um said kevin harvick's got nine wins here at this track and joey logano <laughs> looked over him and said you got nine wins here and he said yeah i do and he said uh he goes you're probably gonna win another one this weekend or something and i think he probably would have won another right. one if that wreck went that came out it would have been a really good race between him and larson and last week we had Chase Briscoe on, and he, How about en- that? he ended up running seventh. Yeah, he had a good run. And yeah. you can find that podcast. It was, a, it was a really good interview we did with him, and we did that on Track Talk. We played that on Track Talk, so you can find that whole interview anywhere you want to find Track Talk and pick that whole interview up right there. It was a good one. Me and Scott even talked to him about he thought he was really going to do well at Phoenix because he, he right. won there last year. And, yeah. hell, he was, he was running fifth there for a while in that race yesterday. It was a really good race for him. Mm-hmm. I mean, we didn't see a lot of passes for the lead in that race. Is the racing better because of the of the changes they made? I think so. I would Taking like some downforce off that car, a little bit more slipping and sliding going on. They can still use some more tweaking on it, but I think yeah. they went in the right direction. It was it. they went in the right direction. I wish they would do something. My only thought was before we bring you know even Lee on here a little while. 
because I don't talk when Lee talk, but the tires. I wish they would do something different with the tires to let these tires fall off a little more to make a little bit more strategy into this thing and not right. – because it seems so planned out. I know these crew chief guys like to plan out everything down to the lap and count backwards on some tracks and all that. I would just like to see the fall off on these tires a little more to where you had to gamble or where you didn't, you know, I mean, it, that would make it a little bit better. But I'm like Kirk. If they went in the right direction. I would just like to see more skill in the driver. You know, you get some drivers on some different type of tires and then the driver comes out, not a guy that, runs a simulator well, and learns. the whole idea to take the downforce off these cars Absolutely. to throw it back more into the driver's hand. That, that's where we're heading. That's Like you said, we're going in the right direction. I'd like to see the next step with make these tires a little less predictable. That's all. And, right. and the next uh, tracks that I'll be looking to see if this helps out is Richmond and Martinsville coming up. Uh, because the racing at those two racetracks really haven't been all that great either over the last few years. Right. So uh, Pete says that uh, NASCAR confiscated hood louvers from all four Hendrick Motorsports cars as they went through inspection on Friday. Um, yeah, what did yeah. we ever hear what they were going to do with no, all that? Well, we they haven't. confiscated them all, and they were looking at those. But then what happened after the race on – I'd like to hear when we talked to Lee what happened after the race on Sunday. You know, was there right. any – All right, well, let's take a break right now. Um Today's Mostly Motorsports is brought to you by Rod End Supply, featuring the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. We're going to come back. Lee Spencer's going to join us. We'll talk a little bit about NASCAR with her. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. You're listening to Mostly Motorsports with the Racing Boys. Rod and supplies involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications. With 13 many entries in the Young Guns division will see two races. Superior products priced competitively. Whether you're Six racing a circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off road, Rod and Supplies is an assortment of Rod and Radius Rods and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supplies experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service, so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to RodandSupply.com. Missouri's must play getaway. Osage National Golf Resort. Three nine hole courses to choose from at the Lake of the Ozarks in the Osage River Valley. Stay and play packages in our first class condos. A beautiful clubhouse complete with pro shop and exercise facilities. A large pool for relaxation and families. The Eagle View Sports Bar and Grill. Great wedding facilities. Go online and make your tea time today. Rod and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod and Supply is an assortment of Rod and Radius Rods and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodandsupply.com. Especially sportswear in-house, we do all of the screen printing, all the embroidery, we do some vinyl. The other add specialty items like pens, magnets, notepads, calendars. You can actually buy that, build your business, make it larger. We have the largest screen printing process and the largest embroidery anywhere around in the area. We can do stuff all the way from your school clubs to sports teams, a professional look in the office. If you can imagine it, we can do it for you. 
Rod M Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod M Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod M Supply is an assortment of Rod M's radius rods and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod M Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodinsupply.com. Race fans, the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum is open seven days a week, year-round, for you to come in and check out all of the wonderful race cars on display in the museum. And our online store at SprintCarStuff.com is open 24 hours a day for you to check out everything that we have in stock for Sprint Car fans. Whether it's for a birthday, anniversary, or Christmas, SprintCarStuff.com has it all. That's at the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum in Knoxville. Go harder, faster, stronger with Rod and Supply. Whether you are running industrial, farming equipment, or a race car, Rod and Supply has the assortment of rod ends, radius rods, and specialty products that will help you lead the field in performance. Our superior design means our rod ends last longer and perform better, giving you the edge on the track and saving you money. Contact Rod and Supply or order online today at rodandsupply.com. We don't just sell them, we race them. Rodandsupply.com, serving the racing community for over 30 years. Welcome back to Mostly Motorsports. It's all brought to you by Rod In Supply, featuring the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. Joining us now on the show is one of our great friends, Lee Spencer. Lee, how you doing? I'm great. How's it going, guys? Well, we're doing pretty good. Um, did you Were you out at Phoenix yesterday? I was. We just uh, got back to L.A. We're flying out of Ontario in two hours. So we uh loading up the the tank and, and getting ready to drop the car off and jump on the plane. Uh, before I, before we get into cup racing, what did you think about that uh, Jade Avedisian beating T-Mez the other night? Oh, that was amazing. Um, you know, it was, it was really cool because Lynn St. James gave her a shout-out when she was in the, the media center yesterday, and, um, you know, she mentioned Jade. She mentioned Kaylee, and, you know, she, she keeps an eye on, on the girls that are getting things done um, all across motorsports. And, uh, you know, for Jade to do what she did at that track, to coins a tough little track, I thought that that was pretty cool. Yeah. Do, do you think that she might have a chance now that she's driving for Keith Coons to win that championship? Oh, absolutely. Uh, she's in the best equipment in the garage. And, um, you know, certainly with the kind of backing and support that she'll get from Keith and, and Pete Willoughby, um, the sky's the limit for Jade. And um, I really think, you know, Toyota has proven time and again how much that they support uh, the female racers in addition to everything else. And it's just a matter of, of getting these girls the opportunity to do um, you know, to to do what they need to do to be able to showcase their their talent to to build consistency. I mean, I've talked to Keith a lot about you know how are we going to find the the next female girl to get to the next level, right? Or, or the female racer to get to the next level, and he goes, we have to have consistency. And 
Um, you know, if you can't build consistency at Keith Coons in, in USAC, you're not going to do that anywhere. And so right. I think she's at the right place at the right time in her career. I think she she was um, a little apologetic for when they got together there down in turn one and two. Um, T-Mez, the night before, he roughed her up a little bit. She shouldn't apologize for that, should she? Well, no. I mean, you know, you want you want to get along with the people on the track because, um, you know, drivers have a long memory and they're going to race you hard. And the the, you know, the you have a couple of run-ins with somebody, your numbers at the top of, of mine, right? And so it's it's um, it's better to have people on your good side than you know having to be adversaries. I mean, you you know you're competitive enough because you're going against these these guys on a weekly basis, right? But um, you can be competitors and not necessarily have it be an adversarial type of situation. And so um, I think if you go out there and you play nice with others, um, I'm not going to say it's going to make the, it easier to pass them, but you know. It, Guys can make it, and I mean guys as drivers, can make it really difficult on you on a regular basis. Well, to be honest with you, when I watched T-Mez the other night uh, on Saturday night, he was kind of roughing up some people a little bit. He was kind of... That's what T-Mez does, right? right? And I mean, she showed on Friday night that she had equipment capable of being up front, and so for her to close the deal on Saturday, I think it just spoke to the value, you know, the the amount of talent that she has and the potential she has in these midgets. Yeah, no doubt about it. So William Byron picks up the win, two two wins in a row. Um, did you think Kyle Larson was going to win that race at one point? Oh, absolutely. I thought I had my Kevin Harvick lead written when I went to the the uh, the pits with 15 laps remaining, and so. Um, you know, all of a sudden I get outside and boom, the caution, you know, comes out and can't see the, the, uh, big screen from where I'm at. And, you know, then I find out Harrison Burton spun on the back stretch and, um, you know, just more fun and games ensued. I was standing right at, at Kyle Larson's pits, uh, for the, you know, for the restarts. And when he got out first, I really thought, well, you know, Larson has this in hand. He had the fastest car in practice had the fastest car in qualifying. He had the fastest car, led, you know, what, over 200 laps. And, and so, you know, you expect him um, to be able to get, you know, get a great launch and, and pull off the win. And I think he underestimated William a little bit. He tried to crowd him on the backstretch, get him up towards the wall, get him in the marbles, get him a little loose. Didn't work. Um, Willie's done his homework. Um, his crew chief's done his homework. The the pit crew was spot on, and for two weeks in a row, he's outdueled Larson. And right. I think that that speaks volumes. And I will tell you something. Um, you know, William came in there yesterday, and he said, you know, Kyle's the most talented kid in the, or you know, the most talented driver in the in the field. Um, so it's kind of like the B student. If you want to make the honor roll, you're damn well better work harder because you're, you know, you may not be the brightest, you may not be the best, but if you put in the work and the effort, um, you know, you can be there on, on uh, race day. And, and I think that that has served William Byron well. Do you think Tyler Reddick really shoved him to the lead 
Do you think that was the oh, he, ultimate William factor? told me that push absolutely helped him on the backstretch. Right. Um, and, you know, it's uh, – I was just listening to Tyler Reddick, and he said that, you know, he – his car did not handle well around Larson, and and so, um, you know, I don't think he wanted to get into that, you know, get into that kind of mess. And so, um, where he was and what he was able to do and how he pulled it off, I thought was, you know, um, Reddick was disappointed when I talked to him on pit road. He, you know, he really thought he had a better car, but you know, baby steps and. This was a good run for him. It was a good run for Chase Briscoe. These guys have had a rough start to the season. For those two guys to be there at the end, um, you know, I think it will really boost their confidence going into Atlanta, and and that's going to be a crazy race. So, um, you know, if you can go in there with a little bit of confidence and a little bit of bravado, it can help. Lee, has uh, NASCAR made the right moves on this uh, new package, taking more downforce off the car? The the real key to me is how how well they're going to run at Richmond and Martinsville coming up. Are they headed in the right direction with this? Well, we'll see. The drivers would still like a little more horsepower, but Reed and I got in that argument. He said that's never going to happen. And and so, um, but I think, you know, if you took this package and, and, gave them a little bit more horsepower that they would be able to, to maneuver them. I mean, Christopher Bell, when he got done with practice the other night, he said he was able to to pass and, and get around cars. Um, but it, we did not see that to the full extent uh, here over the weekend. You know, you're hoping it's just a um, – it's something that will, you know, like a, a temporary fix or something that they can at least – uh, give them a baseline and then work on it from there. But, um, you know, I'm I'm kind of with the drivers. I said this before. I thought the easiest fix would just give them more horsepower with the current package. But, um, you know, they want to handle this aerodynamically, so boys have at it. Yeah. So what is NASCAR going to do about the 400 cars with their hood louvers? What are they going to do there? Uh, that's a really good question. I mean, you know, they've, they altered a – piece that came from a manufacturer and, and that's a no-no so um i saw you know jeff gordon leading the charge with he and jeff uh and jeffy andrews um they were talking to mike helton and and uh jim france yesterday in front of the nascar haulers so we'll see what you know we'll see what comes of it i mean um other people have messed with parts that or factory parts, um, or, you know, come from manufacturers that are, are given out by NASCAR. Um, you know, in the past, it, it's been huge fines, but, um, you know, what I, from what I understood, the louvers, these latest louvers, and this is a completely different one from what they used last year, um, were very, they were smooth on the top, rough in the bottom, uh, which could cause some turbulence. Uh, so, you know, they, from what I, I gathered, they um, they had smoothed off the ridges at the bottom. And so, you know, whether they did that for an aerodynamic advantage, whether they did to just fix, fix the hole, because, um, you know, it's kind of like getting a puzzle piece to fit and, and you kind of have to, you know, t- take an emery board or something to make it more smoother in there. Um, you know, that would probably be their argument. Um, you know, I'm not sure if anything nefarious happened there. Um, but, um, regardless, they, they monkeyed with a a piece that 
um, you know, comes from a factory um, supplier, which is Delara. And so uh, it's going to be interesting to see what NASCAR decides to do. Do you feel like the crew chiefs are going to get suspended for this? I have no idea. Like I said, this the ball's kind of in NASCAR's court. I'll be I'll be really interested to see what happens because right. it's, uh, like I said, it's a you know it's a comes from a NASCAR supplier and right. you know we were told last year that if you messed with something that they were going to throw the gauntlet or lower the gauntlet and so it's uh, huh, we'll we'll have to wait and see. Yeah. Hey, what happened on that uh, wheel that came off Eric Almarola's car? He said that broke. It just broke. broke. It, it flat out broke, and and they told him, and you know, even the second time around, they he had to back up on pit road, and they made him come back into the pits because, um, you know, the, it still wasn't right. And so then with the damage that he got from that, he broke the tow link, and so they had to fix that too. So rough couple of weeks for Eric Almarola. I bet he's happy to get back to the East Coast. Yeah, no doubt. And uh, William Byron, who won last year's Atlanta race, William Byron. Got a chance to go for three in a row. He ran well there last year. He's got to be feeling really good about heading into Atlanta. Uh, oh, absolutely. I mean, this this team right now is just absolutely solid from the driver to the pit crew, um, you know, to the crew chief. I think that they're all, um, you know, they're all working really hard Um to you know, to get there, and as I said earlier, you know when you, you when you're a B student, you have to work harder. And and um, William is putting in the effort. Jeff Gordon, who was in the pre, in the media center yesterday, he made the comment that you know he he came into to the the shop on on the day after Christmas, and here was Rudy Fugel working away, and he said that kind of work ethic it's going to pay off, and I think we're seeing that with the 24 team right now. What did you think about Sammy Smith winning that uh, Xfinity race? I thought that was spectacular, um, you know, especially with some of the veterans that were in that field. And, um, you know, he he ran a, a just a, a solid race, stayed up front, didn't make mistakes, and, um, you know, it paid off for the win. And, you, you know, if you go to Joe Gibbs Racing um, and you're in the Xfinity program, you have to win because you're you have the best equipment there. Right. And if you can't win there, then, um, you know, something's just not right. And, um, you know, for him to be, you know, still in high school and be able to pull that off, I, th- I think it's absolutely amazing. Yeah. Any other update on Chase Elliott? How soon we could see him back in a race car? Well, we they had told us last week four to six weeks, so I'm thinking that that's somewhere you know in the in the ballpark as to when he'll be back. Um, he's been really good as far as giving um, help to Josh Berry. Um, that's what he told us. Josh Berry told us in the media center that he's been able to rely on Chase, and I think that that has expedited the learning curve for Barry. Do you think Rick Hendrick is mad at uh, at uh chase for going out there and snowboarding and hurting his leg no because i mean you know these guys they have to live their lives and and you know there's over the last few years you guys remember when casey kane was there he could never get a hall pass to go to a dirt track well now they're all out doing you know living their lives and having fun and, and being boys and um if you you know if you squash that you know inner whatever you know that inner 
yourself is or, you know, whatever gives you passion. If you've got a boss that squashes that all the time, you're never going to thrive. And so, um, you know, I, I think that he just um, knows that, the, you know, that's just part of the dangers of being a kid. And um, Chase has, has skied all of his life, so he's not doing something stupid. I mean, I don't know if you guys remember, but when, when Bill retired the first time from NASCAR, they all moved out to Colorado. And so Chase grew up out there. This isn't, you know, it was just a fluky thing. It's it's not something where, you know, he was taking crazy risk and, and uh, you know, put himself in that position. So I think, you know, you can give a – you can look at what Josh Berry did and – um, you know, the the first week he was just kind of thrown to the wolves. The second week he had time to prepare, get in the sim, spend time with Allen and the crew. And, and I think that, you know, pulling off that top 10 in his second start with Hendrick was um, a hellacious task for him. And, and I think he did well. They're uh, granting Chase Elliott a waiver. Is there ever a circumstance where NASCAR would not grant a waiver if a driver is not able to drive? Not to NASCAR's most popular driver. Right. <laughs> That's for sure. Hey, guys, yep. i got to get to the airport. I appreciate you having me on. All right. Thank you, Lee. We appreciate you. Uh-huh. Take care. All right. There you have it, Lee there Spencer. She is. Yeah, I mean, that's a good answer. The NASCAR's yeah. most popular driver, they're going to give him a waiver no matter what. We talked about that when that when me and you and Scott all talked about that on the show after the day happened. We were like, well... It's like if Dale Earnhardt Jr. would have gotten hurt. There's going to be an exception made when he was running because right. there's the reason why he people— He was the most popular driver. There are people—you need viewers in NASCAR. Don't don't get me wrong. TV viewers is a huge deal. People right. in the seats is a huge deal. And, and they had keeping, a good crowd out there yesterday. They did. Too. Sold yeah. out, wasn't it? Yeah. If it wasn't, it looked sure looked it from the, from the shots. Now can we get Kansas Speedway with more people to show up? You know, it seems to me that Joe Gibbs has a different philosophy about letting their drivers do whatever they want to do. Because we know that Christopher Bell is not going to be running any dirt races this year. And I think that came from Joe Gibbs himself. Well, you know, there's arguments to be made both ways. If you're Joe Gibbs, he's saying, you know, these drivers' uh, livelihoods and their health a lot of people are dependent upon them being in the race car. Right. There, there's a lot of people that are affected if the driver's not able to participate. Yeah. So I think from Joe Gibbs' point of view is uh, we're paying a lot of money to these drivers, and it's affecting a lot of people. And if they go out and do dangerous stuff, that puts everybody in. I, I agree that to price. a point, but it's it's not like the drivers of the past where you had these multi multi million dollar contracts with drivers where you were you did have some kind of a a thumb hold on top of what they could do. I mean, you're not going to allow Tony Stewart or Jeff Gordon to go out skydiving like a you know somebody well, Chase would. Elliott gets paid a lot airplane. of money. You're just not. Right. And so what I think is is nowadays it's hard. I mean, you may have some teams that may be able to put a pin on some drivers, but it's going to be harder and harder the less you pay these guys because hey, like Lee said, they've got to they're going to live. These are kids, man, and and right. uh, we're not talking about we're not talking about the Kurt and Kyle Bush that age group. We're talking about the 20 year old kids that still have some adventure in them and want to do other things, man. I mean. I, I, you can't tell me that Kyle Larson would much rather be 
rolling around on the sprint. You know he would be much rather be playing in the dirt than on the asphalt. I'm just saying. We yeah. all know that. Yeah. Christopher Bell ended up running sixth yesterday. Yeah, I mean, he's uh, continuing to put good, good uh, finishes good. up I on the board. I think he's putting gonna, himself I think in. he's going to be a championship contender this year. That's what yeah, he's putting himself in. I think so. In. I mean, any time that you can get the kind of finishes that Christopher Bell's been able to post here in these first few races, that, that puts you on that level. You that's can big, win a championship. That's big picture driving, you know what I'm saying? It's like, yeah. um, let me have some really good races at the beginning of the year. Pick me up a win, maybe somewhere. Have some more good races, and you're in the you're in a position for Twice a championship. during the playoffs last year, he won races when he had to win them to advance on to the next and that, round. And that's a lot of pressure, you know. You'd like to have one win, maybe like now, and then. I I, I think Kyle Busch is going to be right in the middle of it too. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah. Austin, Austin Dillon, he ended up running 16th yesterday. His teammate. Yeah, and you you got to. You know, you, Austin Dillon is not Kyle Busch, right? No, you got to kind of cut these guys a little bit of slack with this new rules package. Some some people are going to hit on it, others aren't. They had a what a fifty minute practice <laughs> session yeah. on uh, Friday, and uh, you know that's that's quite a bit. That's more practice than they normally get, but some are going to hit on it quicker than others. So, uh, how everybody performed at Phoenix this weekend? You got to kind of take it all with a great salt with they, this new package uh some hit on it quicker than others that's what they were talking about in that post in a lot of that post read you know some this is week you know the first time on this type of a track with this new package you know give us a couple of weeks and you're going to start seeing some maybe some guys getting a handle on it but like kirk said some are going to gravitate like kevin harvick <laughs> looks like he picked this package up pretty well whereas you know last year he was struggling yeah you no know? doubt about it did you know that Sammy Smith was the youngest driver to ever win an Xfinity race? I saw yes. that this yeah. morning. 18 on. years old. <laughs> Young kid, man. That's crazy. That's that's just two years older than my son. You know what I'm saying? He's a senior <laughs> in high school. Yeah, he, that's what I'm saying. My son's a junior, and he could be on the baseball team together. It just kind of blows my mind when you see how young some of these kids are. And the, not not just the young part, the talent that some of these young kids actually have, you know, to be able to be poised enough to – understand what all the crew chiefs and the spotters and everybody you know feeding you information and being able to put all that calibrate it and put a win together that that says a lot for a young man like that yeah and it's not like he just fell into it he led 92 yeah. laps in that race yeah so. no it was a dominant he was dominant in the whole i i'm like euchre i watched a little bit of that race and i left and came back he was still he still had was leading so um it was it was a good good race yesterday. I like the Xfinity race. I'm kind of like Kirk. I really like watching some of the Xfinity racing at some of the tracks that are different. different well, it's going uh, to be interesting to see how they uh, run in Atlanta this weekend. That's the same package they run at Daytona and Talladega, and you'll see Pack Racing at Atlanta this weekend. So it you should be interesting. You see to watch. how how many miles some of those drivers the 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 Right. The rig drivers had been driving the last three weeks. Right. Just insane. Back and forth from North Carolina and, you know, through the snow. They had a lot of them, you know, got stuck at the Vegas thing. They all got stuck out there, had problems, get to the track, and then they're back to North Carolina and back all the way back out again. I mean, you know, it's been uh, – so they're going to be glad to be in Atlanta this year or I, this weekend. I just got a, a text message from Carson Macedo. Um, he can do an interview with us on Wednesday. Okay. 
Yeah, so I, I won't. We'll be, I won't be here though. I'm, we're on our way. I told you guys this morning I'm going to be, but Kirk will be able to. I'll be around. That. Yeah, yeah. So we'll get it. So we'll have that interview for Saturday morning. So that's a really good tease for everybody that doesn't normally maybe tune in to Saturday morning track talk. Right. Yeah, hopefully they're racing this weekend. Williams Grove. They were supposed to open up at Williams Grove yesterday, but bad weather forced a postponement of that. So and the season opener Port is going to actually be on Friday night with the World of Outlaws there at Williams Grove Speedway where Carson Macedo and everybody else will be running. And they, they canceled Port uh, Royal this weekend because of rain. Yeah. Rain, snow, and all kinds of bad weather. That's a bummer. So we don't have any sprint car race to talk about. There was one sprint car race that had an exciting finish. The Oil Capital Racing Series was at Red Dirt Raceway on Saturday night. Watch this on Race and Dirt. Tanner Kahn won that race. Huh? Tanner Kahn won that race, didn't he? Tanner Kahn pulled off the win on the The last last corner. Yeah. Past Stephen Shebester, who had led that race. Almost uh, the whole, about, I think the whole race. Right. And so big win for Tanner Kahn there at Red Dirt Raceway. That was an exciting finish. But other than that, we don't have any sprint car racing to talk about here today. Right, no doubt. Well, we got plenty of other stuff to talk about. We got some drag racing to talk sick? about, too. Kirk, are you getting sick? I don't know if I picked it up from you or something. Scott was yeah, sneezing so sniffles here. Scott was sniffling and sneezing on Saturday morning so bad. That was the most I'd ever seen you have issues on Saturday morning. And uh I was struggling. And man. now Kirk when I walked in, Kirk was having these issues. And so I went ahead. I know Kirk he fires up there's a lot of equipment here that we have here at the studio and spray the lights. So all this equipment I lice all <laughs> I lice all, all this stuff down uh, when I real because I was sick the week before. I don't want to I don't want to just keep this motion. You don't want to keep that thing going. Yeah, let's just let's kill this thing today. Right. I watched a lot of drag racing this weekend. The first event of the season for the NHRA was down at Gainesville Raceway yeah. for the annual Gator Nationals. They had the top fuel call out on Saturday. Josh Hart won that race, and then he got beat in the first round on Sunday, and when it was all said and done, Mike Salinas wins the top fuel uh, event. It was Matt Hagan driving for Tony Stewart uh, in Funny Car, Troy Coughlin Jr., the winner in Pro Stock, and young Gage Herrera, man, young Mm. new driver for uh, Heinz and uh, Vance and Heinz Racing, uh, took over for uh, Angel Sampe, who she had too many red lights last year. So they put so, this young Gage. So they fired uh, Angel. I, think I don't they know moved if they actually fired him or they just she moved, moved her, her to out it. and brought this kid in. Is she's still racing. She's still on the team. I, be, I I could be wrong, but I think she's still on the team. They've just taken her out of this seat for a while and put this kid in. And let me tell you, I was surprised that young kid. He's, he's spoke very to young yesterday. kid. Yeah, he was well spoken, and he was he's a heck of a driver. And but yeah, it was a pretty good race yesterday. Let me tell you, this team that won yesterday in the in the drag in the top field drag, it was. They were excited. I watched the uh, what was the right right before the championship round, and man, they were they were giddy to get into that championship round. So they all talked about yeah, how some of the heavy hitters had problems. Yeah, Brady Force lost uh, in an earlier round, and all four of the John Force cars, two top fuel cars and two funny cars, all left the competition yep. uh, before they even got to the semifinals. So you, right. that, that's why you had everybody chomping at the bit because there were some openings, you know. To, to, take advantage of getting a big win when some other guys out it was it was pretty good racing i watched oh hey kirk did you hear about mark godmire 
that you know we talked about this on Saturday morning that race out there in uh, Canyon Raceway he Park. He suffered second degree burns on his left leg, second and third degree on his right leg, and so uh, this is from Pete. So far, only needing grafts on right leg. Um, he thinks whoever helped ex- extinguish him, they think it was Selzy. Well, we wondered if what was going on there because uh, they were nine laps into the race, and we saw uh, JT Imperial's car spun around off the racetrack down in turn three, and then they quickly panned the camera away. They did say that Mark Dobmeyer had spun around coming out of turn four, but we didn't see what happened, and there was a long delay. They said, well, we're going to bring an ambulance. We knew that an ambulance had been called out, and then they said, we've gone past the curfew, so we're not going to be able to finish this race tonight. We'll start it at 6 o'clock tomorrow night. And you know what? They never did finish that race. Because they they, uh, they determined that with the rest of the racing program uh, running that makeup, the rest of that race was going to get them past the curfew again on Saturday night. So they, I think they just paid everybody off how it was. They said they'd gone past the halfway mark i don't know how many laps they were scheduling their race but they only completed nine laps of that race and uh you know it 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 was just uh it it was very uh confusing of what was going on there and uh, we didn't really know other than they mentioned mark dodmeyer had spun out and they called an ambulance and then we find out later that uh uh, he suffered some burns there, but we didn't. Yeah. We didn't actually see what was going on. Well, the best to Mark Dobmeyer. Hope he hope he's going to be okay. Marie says she's going to be at the Grove. Tammy says that, uh, or, or Marie says, uh, Tammy, uh, unless the weather changes, it looks like Lincoln should get it in. The Grove might have to start a little earlier. Was calling for rain after midnight, but that. That's changed. So what do you think about that? Wow. You know, I just... Uh, I can't wait get, to get out to PA, Hope they man. get better weather out there. You know, whenever you schedule events in the middle of March, even in Pennsylvania, you know, it's uh, pretty dicey you're going to get it in. They've run some races at Lincoln Speedway, and they had pretty good weather. They ran a couple of races out there, but here this past weekend, it wasn't good at all at Port Royal Raceway. So hopefully uh, Mother Nature can cooperate and... Uh, get some of that racing in this weekend and i don't know if they'll be able to get it all in but uh we got two nights one at williams grove and the other one at lincoln speedway this weekend for the world of outlaws yeah so getting back to that uh, race at canyon raceway park it was jake helsel beating dominic selsey in the regularly scheduled event Corey day was third logan forler fourth and gj netto fifth now that race that they uh they didn't finish on Saturday night, DJ, or on Friday night. DJ Neto uh, was uh, the leader in that race, had Logan Forler and Dominic Selsey in that uh, run there. It was going to shape it up to be a really good race on Friday night, but we never did see the end of a it. A lot of good racers down there. Jake Hessel, uh, Dominic Selsey, Corey Day, Logan Forler, DJ Neto, Austin McCarl was there. A lot of good racers down there. They pulled a long ways to go to that race. Yeah, I watched the uh, replay of that on imca.tv. Yeah. You've got a uh, replay subscription on that thing, so I didn't watch it live, but saw the replay of it. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, a good friend of the Racing Boys, uh, JT Imperial, he ended up running 18th. You said that what, what? Well, he had he had spun off the racetrack on that race on Friday night. And you can see his car off the racetrack down there. And I thought that's what brought out the yellow flag. And then they quickly mentioned, okay, Mark Dodmeyer spun around and turned four, but we never saw it. They quickly panned the camera away. Right. So that's when they, uh, there was a long delay there. And I, I knew something was wrong, but they never did really explain what was going on. Yeah. So, uh, man, all the best to Mark Dobmeyer. That's uh, pretty tough when you receive burns like that. And that's the thing about methanol. You can't see it. Right. You know, and uh, don't know what happened. Something broke on the car. We don't know. But uh, all the best to Mark Dobmeyer. Hope he gets better soon. Yep, no doubt about it. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, it's all brought to you by Rod and Supply, featuring the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. We'll talk more about racing, and um, we'll talk about some other races that were going on this last weekend. And that's all next right here on Mostly Motorsports. Again, all brought to you by Rod and Supply. We'll be right back. You're listening to Mostly Motorsports with the Racing Boys. Rod and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod and Supply is an assortment of Rod and's radius rods and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodandsupply.com. Missouri's must play getaway. Osage National Golf Resort. Three nine hole courses to choose from at the Lake of the Ozarks in the Osage River Valley. Stay and play packages in our first class condos. A beautiful clubhouse complete with pro shop and exercise facilities. A large pool for relaxation and families. The Eagle View Sports Bar and Grill. Great wedding facilities. Go online and make your tea time today. Rod and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod and Supply is an assortment of Rod and's radius rods and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodandsupply.com. Especially sportswear in-house. We do all of the screen printing, all the embroidery. We do some vinyl. The other add specialty items like your pens, magnets, notepads, calendars. You can actually buy that, build your business, and make it larger. We have the largest screen printing process and the largest embroidery anywhere around in the area. We can do stuff all the way from your school clubs to sports teams, a professional look in the office. If you can imagine it, we can do it for you. 
Rod and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod and Supply is an assortment of Rod and Radius Rods and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodandsupply.com. Race fans, the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum is open seven days a week, year-round, for you to come in and check out all of the wonderful race cars on display in the museum. And our online store at SprintCarStuff.com is open 24 hours a day for you to check out everything that we have in stock for Sprint Car fans. Whether it's for a birthday, anniversary, or Christmas, SprintCarStuff.com has it all. That's at the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum in Knoxville. Go harder, faster, stronger with Rod and Supply. Whether you are running industrial, farming equipment, or a race car, Rod and Supply has the assortment of rod ends, radius rods, and specialty products that will help you lead the field in performance. Our superior design means our rod ends last longer and perform better, giving you the edge on the track and saving you money. Contact Rod and Supply or order online today at rodandsupply.com. We don't just sell them, we race them. Rodandsupply.com, serving the racing community for over 30 years. Welcome back. It's mostly motorsports. It's all brought to you by Rod and Supply. Can't thank uh, our good friend Bob Douglas for uh, coming on board with us for uh, our show this year. We're thankful for that, aren't we, Kirk? Absolutely. He's yeah. a great friend of ours. And, of course, uh, the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum has uh, been a big <clears throat> big supporter of what we're doing, and we support them as well as uh, raising money again this year with that uh, brand-new Corvette that uh, we'll be giving away in August. Go ahead, do the live read, Kurt. <clears throat> no, you do a better job of that, laying out what kind of a – this is like a race car on the street, right? Well, you, You've got all the information. I, I got it right here. You want it? No, you better read it. You Kirk's a, a little under the weather today. He's out. already sniffling and sneezing over there. You better take right, care of it. Right, right. So just so you know, the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum, um, they are giving away a brand-new 2023 Z06 Corvette with the Z07 performance package in it. It's pearl white Metallica tricoat color. And they're also going to give you $25,000 to help you pay for the taxes on that thing as well. This car makes 760 horsepower. It's a 5.5 LT6 V8 engine. It goes from 0 to 60 in 2.6 seconds. 2.6 seconds, Todd. Does your Mustang go that fast? No, it sets and spins for about 2.6 seconds. and then <laughs> 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 I don't have no grip for about 2.6 uh, seconds. Yeah. All right. Anyway, it's got an eight-speed automatic and a lofty 8,600 RPMs, creating 670 horsepower. It's an all-aluminum cylinder block casting with uh, small block uh, engine families. I don't know what that means, but that means something, I'm sure. Um, anyway, it's got uh, dual-coil dual coil valve springs, and it's got big brakes, big wheels, big 
Big everything. Big on it, everything. It's, it, Attitude. It, this car is boot. is a real race car on the street, folks. There's one out there. I saw one at a museum this weekend. I saw one this weekend, too. There's one up here on, on North Oak Traffic Way at the bank, a black and gray one. There is. With the side thing and the small and everything. But the calipers don't look like these. So I'm wondering if it isn't the exact. They're, they're huge. They are huge. Yeah, they're but big. the one I saw at the museum this weekend, I was at a little eatery in downtown Bonner, and there's a little car museum down there. Travis Kelsey's got a car down in there, but there was two new Corvettes. What and kind of cars he got? I don't down know. There. Somebody told me one of those cars was Travis's, so maybe it's one of the new vets. Maybe it's uh, they park it in there, but uh, it's down in downtown Bonner. But I can't remember what the name of this little group. But the car we're looking at right now on the screen, like you said, you can see these brakes. How big these things are? That's that's the telltale sign. They went to the bigger brake on this thing. And um, that thing's bigger than my wheel on and, my car. And again, you can tell the difference between this car and a normal Corvette by that side yeah. piece on there. So the other one has a little side. There's one that has the side piece on it, but I think it's more decoration. I mean, I know it has an air thing, but this is forced air entry into a mid-engine car. You know right, what I'm saying? So right. that's why the Ferraris always had those scoops on the sides and everything, because if the air entry on the mid-engine car it has to get air somewhere. It ain't going to come in through the front. So, right. so yeah, that bad boy right there, it's so low to the ground. That's the only, my <laughs> that's my concern driving in my neighborhood, out, out my Piper and where I live is... It would bottom out. There's some potholes out there. I think Kansas City's going to need to. Uh, I've got the roughest. Oh, my gosh. My Scott. street is the roughest freaking street in it's, America. I slow down on your street. I wish my road. It in hurts my, my back going oh, up and down the road. I couldn't imagine driving a motorcycle, like a hardtail, down your street. Like, uh, There's no way with no shock and suspension. Like it's on crazy. A, you've got some serious potholes. Actually, there's a new line. You're supposed to be able to phone in, text it in. They text you back, you text in where the pothole is, and they're supposed to have somebody coming out. Well, they'd have to do the entire street. <laughs> My street is rough as could be. It, it really is. Uh, so, and, and so anyway, if you yeah, want to win this Corvette, you need to go to winaz06corvette.com. Winaz06corvette.com. That's how you and, – and listen, every penny that you spend – on this Corvette goes directly to the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum, Kirk, doesn't it? It does. And, uh, you know, they put it to good use up there. Bob Baker and all his crew do a great job up there. It's really important yeah. that you spend the money with the Sprint car or the Corvette yeah. because that helps keep that place yeah. alive. Here's what's really cool. There's a lot of these Z06 on uh there's like four. I've seen four other auctions in the United States right now for these type of cars. Yep. But what none of them have that the one you get with the Sprint Car Hall of Fame, $25,000. None of these other auctions. They're not giving you the tax money. No. They, and nobody does that. that does, that's, not, that's not part of any giveaway ever unless you do something like Bob and these guys, are, they know. They've given away cars before. They know how this thing works. They know you're going to need the cash. Right. So give you the money on this thing out of the gate. And that's the difference between when you get a National Sprint Car Hall of Fame putting on a putting on an auction compared to there's there's two. I already saw two other auctions for Z06 Corvettes. One's a red one and one's a blue one. 
and then there's this white one. And they don't give twenty. No, no, there's, they're not giving no money to right. help pay for that. Pay for the taxes. So you're going to have to sell that bad boy or come up with about 23000 probably in cash to come up to pay tag that bad boy? I, I think they're pretty close on the number That's there, what I'm saying. $25,000. You're like right there. In, right. You're, no matter what town you have to tag it in, you're going to probably be covered. And, and listen, and, and what they're going to have up there this year for a track tribute is Williams Grove, Kirk, and that's going to be awesome, isn't it? It is. A lot of history at Williams Grove Speedway. I mean, that track goes back a long ways, and anybody who's been anybody mm-hmm. driving a sprint car has raced at Williams Grove Speedway. To me, that is the real headquarters of the Pennsylvania Posse, right? and uh, a lot of history there. Can't wait to see that exhibit coming up this year. You know, Kirk, when wow. I go out to PA Speed Week, I'm, I'm thinking about it might be cheaper just to take my car out there That's what and, I was... and buy a motel room. You can probably buy a motel room maybe for the – find you one of those ones where you can get the whole week at a cheaper rate. Uh, you know, I got to lean on my friends, uh, Tammy and Marie, yeah, to maybe, find, to you maybe the find me some motel rooms That's right. And then maybe find you a Groupon. There's some Groupon tickets. I've been – that's another little hidden secret, Groupon.com. I cannot wait to get out there. And you can find you some rooms sometimes in places now. Like you said, start looking now before it's too late, right? right. Get you some stuff in there. But did you see the what somebody just commented there? Oh, Pete, I love – I love Pete. This Pete guy, is a, he's a wealth of information. A, he is just a wealth of knowledge, this, isn't he? This dude, he just broke the announcement that Jimmy Garoppolo just signed with the Raiders. So He did? That's what it just says for six, uh, $67.5 million. So let me tell you something. Jimmy Garoppolo, this kid. That guy's a pretty good quarterback. He's a good quarterback, but he is really making the money, making making his Super Bowl appearance that he had with the, against the Chiefs. Making it work in his favor because $67 million on your second contract is a big contract for a guy that, let's face it. Do you think he'll lead the Raiders anywhere? Hold on. Uh, Marie's going to the doctor today at 3 o'clock. I hope everything's all right, Marie. I, I hope everything's good with her. Yeah, everything. We wish her well on that. I hope She's definitely good. one of our favorites. All the She's best. saying she was having some problems watching us on Facebook. She's also watching it on YouTube and, and commenting on Facebook. So I don't know if... Everybody else seems to be having audio and video uh, no problem on theirs, Marie. So maybe you might try to reboot your uh, Facebook page. But she's watching and listening on you- via YouTube. So you can always, like if you're somewhere and your Facebook is having some problems, or maybe let's say you're suspended from Facebook. Right. <laughs> like some people can get in trouble and not be able to be on Facebook. You know a little bit about I that. I know a lot about that. Right. So um, you can always <laughs> join the show via YouTube, because we always run the, we're not doing the the, the Twitter stream right now, which we, we share everything via Twitter, but we're not streaming a live video through Twitter until um, they get things completely secured up over there. So yeah, two ways to watch it and make sure you guys like and subscribe to the, to the podcast, wherever you download your podcast at, make sure you hit that bell and subscribe to that. That way, you know, when we have a new post every Monday and it'll give you a little reminder, right? Yeah, I mean, the uh, the social networks, that's just for live viewing, uh, if you want to go back and listen to it. Yes. <clears throat> on wherever you get your podcasts. Because we take it down. We take this live stream down right after the show. And so. Because we want people to go watch. We want people to listen. To have download it, right. Yeah. Right. And secondly, 
it kind of gives our Saturday morning show because we play some of these interviews on Saturday morning and we play the video a little teaser of that. So it gives people, if you really want to watch maybe a clip of the show from Monday, the video part of it, tune in Saturday morning and you're going to get whatever interviews we had for this week on there. So uh, We're getting close to seeing some live racing in and around the Kansas City area where we're located uh, this Saturday night. They're supposed to have a USRA event at I-35 Speedway. I'm looking at the weather forecast, Scott. Uh, Saturday night, high of 32, low of 15. Where's that at? I-35 Speedway. I-35 always starts early and ends late. We know that here in town. They're one of the last tracks to... To be honest with you, I don't know why racetracks try to start too early. It's really. They need to start in April. They think they'll cash in on well, a nice night. Yeah, if it that's happens what to be a great night. They're going to get a great turnout. But Kirk, that's, you, that's a 50 50 shot. At best. Are, are, at are best. you of the belief that you shouldn't start in March? Yeah, I mean, we just don't get that many good days of racing. And right. we're about a week and a half away from the King of America at Humboldt Speedway. Mm. Last year, the weather was just awful. What is the date for that? Uh, it's the uh, March 23rd through the 25th. Man, we know. And they've got a practice session. We down can have at, snow in March. It, it we've could. had it. We've done it before. Yeah, right, we've yeah. had snow. In, but we've in, also had nice weather in March, And too, that's the so. thing. So let's pray for that we get good weather. But I'm like, Kirk, it's a night race, too, right? It doesn't. It isn't yeah. going to. The warmest part of the day is during the day. It's not going to get any better that night. So no. it's just going to be colder and wetter and winter. Night. So, yeah. 32 degrees. So I-35 is supposed to have a practice on they had uh, one Wednesday practice. night. Gates open at 4. Racers take the track at 5. I see rain in the forecast on Thursday. They're supposed to come back Saturday for the Ice Buster. Uh, USRA <laughs> modifieds, stock cars, <laughs> right. B mods, E mods, pure stocks, sport compacts. Modifieds will pay $1,200 to win with 150 to start. That's on Saturday night. Race and Dirt will have the live coverage <coughs> from I 35 so. Speedway. Yeah, I saw that. And uh, Saturday, the pit gate opens at 2.30, grandstands at 4, and hot laps. Immediately after the pit meeting, which should be around six o'clock, so they're starting a little bit earlier. It's daylight Is this savings time now, but you, Saturday night, I, I'm looking at that forecast <laughs> with the temperatures up there. Hot and, chocolate uh, will be a flowing. Hot chocolate will be a flowing no, up there. They're, they're, they won't get it in. You don't think High so? High of 32, low of 15. No at chance. Winston. That's a hard sell there. Call it now. <laughs> Kirk Scott's already thinking promoter. That's wise. USMTS, right? Uh, USRA. USRA. It's not a USMTS sanctioned event. So they, they just posted a uh, That's what I saw a, this uh, Facebook message about 14 hours ago on uh, what they're planning on this weekend. But they're, they're as of now. Still planning on pushing ahead with this thing. Yeah, we could, it could move. The weather could change a little bit, you know. That's Usually, when they predict temperatures in the 30s, lows in the those those those, those kind of forecasts don't stick. change much. Those stick, huh? <laughs> they're predicting to be cold. It usually is. Right. It's the weather. It's the rain is where they miss. Hey, I, I, I want to ask Tammy and Marie about yeah. the the restaurant that is really close to the uh, Williams Grove. It, it it's just over around the corner a little bit, and we go over there and we eat over there every year. 
I can't think good of the name of that place. It, it was a really good restaurant. It's got a little outside area as well, and they got an inside area. But that restaurant is really good. I can't think of the name of it right now. Maybe Tammy and Marie might. I've been know. to Williams Grove Speedway once in my life. What? What's the and name? and you didn't see a race there? No, I saw a race there. Nineteen ninety six National Open. Saw Lance DeWeese win that night. Oh, you did? It was World of Outlaws then, National Open, and Lance DeWeese was here the winner. Here we go. I'm pulling up some yeah. restaurants here. Is it um, TJ Rockwell American Grill? No? That's, uh, I, that's... I, I don't know what the name of it is. It, that might be it. Look on the screen there. we got it on the map there. Williams Grove. The there's, restaurant, there's... if you go down that road... Speedway Drive, yep, and you come out, and you you go right, and then you take a a, a, a quick left, and that restaurant is right over there does by look, the... Uh, does it look like that? Let's see here. That's it. There you go. I found it for you. T.J. Rockwell's American Grill and Tavern. That's a good place to go. So it's real close. Yeah. That's obviously the close... We'll look at it here on the map. That's where out. most of the people go when, when Kirk, you going to be all right, bud? He sounds a whole lot like you did on Saturday. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, we'll make it. <laughs> Better watch. I think we'll, I caught what you got. We'll, yeah, we're going to get the sanitizer out. Uh, you know, the one thing I remember, <clears throat> I had a heck of a time trying to find the racetrack. I come off that turnpike and took the wrong exit, and it took me forever to find the racetrack. That was back before they had... GPS and hey, all that. Hey, was the, I did finally find the race. Kirk, was the amusement park open across the street? I don't remember that. <coughs> you don't remember that? I got there after it had already, you know, gotten dark when I drove in there. And uh, matter of fact, <coughs> they were already ready to hot lap uh, when I drove in. It was in October, so it was already dark. But I don't, I don't remember seeing that amusement park. There you go, there. Kirk. There's some water right there. Thank you, Todd. But I, I don't remember seeing that amusement. That's what a good producer it, does, it right? It's right across the street. That's right. <laughs> yep, right across the street. So it looks like there's a couple hotels right there. Maybe you can let's see if we can find you a hotel in there. Maybe the one thing can. I remember about going to the races that night is I'm on the front straightaway, and I go down through a tunnel to get to the infield right, and watch quite a bit of the races down in turns one and two. And you could really see what was going on because the infield is Did you below walk the over race the bridge? track. And then I walked over that bridge to the other side. Yeah. So that was to the cool. pits. Yeah. 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 Did you go up there and sit in turn four with the beer gang? Uh, no, I just uh, I just kind of stood and watched more than anything. I don't I don't think I ever found a seat in the grandstand. I just I stood down the infield for quite a lot that night and when I was over on the front straightaway I just I, I didn't have didn't take a seat I was just up there uh, watching the seats had already been taken up the place was already packed by the time I got there yeah so I stood and watched the whole night uh, Tammy says they always take the first timers to the infield for warm-ups yep okay. you've never been to it I mean you know we're not first timers but if you've never been to a... Listen, Todd, I'm going to tell you, the greatest sprint car fans in America yeah. are from PA. Oh, yeah. 
But like she's saying, you take someone they're who's the best. You've never, if you've never been to a sprint car race, and they they allow you on the infield, they, oh my they gosh, love their sprint car yeah. racing more than anybody that I've ever seen. I yeah, and they're so knowledgeable too. Uh, it, the only the thing that comes close to it is Knoxville Nationals, right? Right. Yeah, I mean it's uh, in PA. They love their sprint car racing, mm-hmm. and you know another place where they love it, Australia. Oh, yeah, for sure. You know, we saw a couple of races out there a few weeks back out there, and they had gigantic crowds at yeah. Premier Raceway and our friend a couple ben, other places out there. Our friend Ben is from out there. He's a great guy, man. But Pennsylvania is uh, pretty special when it comes to uh, sprint car racing, no doubt about it. Is there any, any place better in America than PA, you think, Kurt? Well, I'm partial to Knoxville. But that's just me. I'm biased. I grew up there. <laughs> well, I love I love PA. Love going out there. I don't know if anybody knows this, but Kirk announced there in '75 and '76. Yep, a couple of years up there. Back no wings back in those days. Kirk, who'd you lose your job to? Uh, Jack Miller, who is a legendary announcer. He's in the Sprint Car Hall of Fame right now. Right. And he uh, was a motorcycle announcer, uh, motorcycle uh, race uh, announcer. But, but just to, to tell the story, he only stayed up there for a year, didn't he? He did. He's from Florida originally. Right. And he, and, he didn't want to do the traveling. Right. And uh, he uh, he spent one winter in Iowa, and he said, enough of this. I'm going back to Florida. Right. And so that opened things up for Tim Trier and some other I think Tim Trier and Jack Herway took over, and later Tony Bachoven and and Justin Zock and a few others. But, yeah, I did it for a couple of years up there. Worked with the legendary Dave Van Patten up there in 1975-6. Two years I was up there were the two years that Eddie Levitt won the Nationals. So, uh, and I grew up at that racetrack. You know, my hometown is only about 90 miles away, and we used to go up there and watch Hank Smith run back when I was – 12 or 13 years old. Kirk, so, you uh, started announcing races at what year? 71? 71, 15 years old. And that was at Ringo County, right? Yep. Who was the drivers up there at that time? Uh, Lloyd Glendening, Bill Sickles, Larry Hutcherson, Jerry Hagan, guys like that. Ernie Durr? No, no, no. Ernie Durr didn't race at the Ringo County Speedway. He never raced there? No. Now, he, he, was, he was too big. He was a bigger, bigger time he was guy a, than that. Ernie Durr was a big time. We star, used to watch wasn't he? Uh, Ernie Durr and Ramo Stott and Don White and, <laughs> and the Hutcherson brothers up there at the fairgrounds in Des Moines when they raced like the Hawkeye Futurity and different events like that. The IMCA uh, late models come up there and run at the fairgrounds up in Des Moines. That's where we saw Ernie Durr and Ramo and all those guys race. What was the biggest track in your area at the time? Knoxville. Knoxville. Yeah. 90 miles away. 90 miles away. And we used to go to... Who did you go with? Your brothers? Yeah. Yeah, my my parents used to ride up there with them. That We'd go to the races up there to watch Hank race. And, you know, Dick was involved in that up there at that time. And, you know, when we were kids, we used to go to the Texaco station there in Mount Air and watch Hank work on the race car in the... On Saturday, before they loaded it up and headed to Knoxville. I I, I just want to say this, that your brother owns Larry Phillips' last dirt car, doesn't he? He does. 
I asked him the other day, I said, you're going to restore that thing? He said, it's on my list. So I'm hoping he restores that race car. Cause, uh, would, would, he, would he make it back to Larry Phillips' looking car? Or would he make it Jeff French car? Oh, I think he'd restore it back to what Larry Phillips had. That would be the yeah, best. Absolutely. Yeah. What, what year is that car, Kurt? You think? I can't remember. They raced it back in, what, 91, 2, 3, somewhere in there? And it's just sitting out there. They won a couple of IMCA late model championships with that car. Jeff French drove that car. Yeah, it's sitting out back of his shop up there. So mm. he's got it on his list to restore that car. We'll see if he's able to get that down, but I'd love to see it. Um, Marie says, I love Indiana. Indiana's a great racing state. It is. Of course, with the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, that is the anchor for everything racing in Indiana. And, of course, USAC's headquartered out of there. There's a lot of great racetracks in Indiana. I uh, The Indiana Sprint Week is on my bucket list. I'd like to go to that. Hopefully in the next few years, check out all the non-wing races on Indiana Sprint Week. Hmm. Um, Kirk, uh, the Lucas Oil Late Model Dirt Series is going to be racing at Atomic and Brownstown on March 17th and 18th. This weekend. So yeah. I haven't checked the forecast at those places to see what things are going to be like Can this weekend. Can you look weekend, it up real quick, see what it, what the weather is? Brownstown on Saturday. Brownstown on the 18th, Atomic on the 17th. That's uh, Chillicothe, Ohio. Isn't it? Yeah. Uh, Atomic Speedway, Chillicothe, Ohio. We'll look that up. It just doesn't seem like that the rest of this week it's going to straighten up anywhere. But uh, you know, if it just it just needs to warm up more than anything else, you know, you can deal with possibility of rain showers hit and miss. But when you got temperatures in the 30s and lows. 15 to 20, that's uh, that's a little bit too much to bear. The, north, the Northeast has been getting pounded quite a bit this year, haven't they, Kurt? Yeah. 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 A lot of snow up there. And we had, like in January, we had some nice weather all over the country there for a while. To be honest with you, to, to be brutally honest with you, I think this is one of the mildest winters that we've had in a long time. Would you yeah, agree it, with it, that, Yeah, hadn't time? got that much snow. Not a lot no, of snow, not no. a lot of ice, just... A lot of dreariness is what we've kind of had this year. It looks like late model action return, double action with Atomic and Brownsville double, March 17th through 18th. We're looking at a little video or photo here on the... Well, I'm seeing a chance of rain on Friday night in Chillicothe, Ohio. High of 58, low of 28. That's better than what we've got around here. Right. But there's chance of rain on That's Friday. Still Saturday. Cold. That's still cold. Saturday I'm seeing a high of thirty eight, low of twenty one. Now Brownstown, that's in Indiana. I just checked out Ohio. Uh Brownstown, Indiana. That's like six miles south of Chillicothe. Billy Billy said he's hoping to go to the, the Brownstown Speedway to watch the Lucas Oil late models Saturday, but yeah. the weather is not looking very good. Well that, we'll check that, out and that says 12 Okay, Brownstown, Indiana for Saturday night. It's clear. There's, there's supposed to rain in Brownstown on Friday. They're calling for rain on Friday, high of 53, low of 26. That race in Brownstown's on Saturday night, right? So yeah. the high is uh, 38, 
38, low of 22 with partly cloudy skies on Holy Saturday. Holy crap, that's cold. Yeah, looks like the Speedway opens at noon, and uh, racing starts at 6 o'clock so, uh, at Browns, Brownstown. But the temperature's a little bit on the nippy side. So it's colder in Brownstown bring, on Saturday be, than it's going to be, be at Chillicothe, Ohio. Would they be better off running it during the day? That's what... I think so. Same way with the I thirty five thing. Who I'm likes watching you. dirt races in the daytime. Nobody likes it, but man, if it's ten degrees warmer, boy, because it rubbers up usually. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it looks like it's it's going to be chilly. So if you if you're going to be there, Ricky Thornton Jr., Hudson O'Neill, and Brandon Overton, it's like I don't know if it's going to be Oops. there. Going to be make sure you put your. Uh, those battery, I don't know. I've got me a new jacket. And I, I strongly suggest to anybody that goes to races where it's a little chilly, it's a really good jacket that has a battery that plugs in. This battery lasts, plugs in a pocket in your pocket. This thing lasts. It keeps you, keeps you warm? Keeps your lo- It has a thing across your back, right between shoulder blade and shoulder blade. It drops about halfway down your back. So your whole precious parts of your body you know your your significant parts in your chest and all that and then the other ones go right up and down your lungs and let me tell you something it's got three settings so if you're going to be outside for maybe eight hours right. you could put it on low and it'll just it'll warm it'll up just keep you warm i hate going to races when it's cold it's, outside it's bad but this year i last year you know, when you know what i normally do i go up to the suite yeah well, I'm telling you, this jacket is a lifesaver. Not every fan gets to do that. Yeah, well, I know it. So if you can get you this little jacket, and it's it, it isn't very expensive. It wasn't like three or four dollars; just hundred bucks. And uh, stylish, just looks like a ring. They have pullover ones. I got the zip-up one. Big pockets, big battery charger. And the cool thing about the battery in it, it's got a hookup. If your battery on your phone's run a little dead, you can plug your phone right into it. It's a battery pack. It ain't oh. something just for the. F- the jacket it's a battery pack you so know. you could go stand to, uh, next to a plug-in and plug in well hell if your battery's completely full and you're how at the, long does it last well the view on low on that jacket i can make it it'll last eight hours on low four hours on 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 medium and two hours on hot i went to my kids baseball game put it on medium for 30 minutes and then flipped it to hot and it lasted the whole game the three hours that i was there and I was warm. Let me tell you. I mean, I was warm. I was like, "This is all right." And uh, if if you was to if you had the one that was the pullover, you might be a little hot because you know I was able to unzip it and get some cool air in if I needed to cool off again and zip right. it back up. Right. You know, if your body changes, but definitely worth getting, man. That when I was a little kid, you know, those battery operated socks that you had, those wool socks with the oh, yeah. with the D battery in them, and yeah. nothing like that now we're talking a usb plug this bad boy in it's about the size of a telephone sits in your pocket it zips up man i'm telling you that this i'll take the future if this is where we're at on this kind of stuff because i'm i me and scott both get cold at places really i i i I get cold real easy Uh, after my cancer my chemo my thing i have never been more cold in play i get I mean, you, you I'm just, just cold all the time. <laughs> I, I am too. I, I am totally. Cold I sleep all the with time. a heated blanket, and so yeah, I'm a I'm a spoiled kid for for warmness. Now the good news is there's this a studio is a little cool down here. I'm I, where I'm at. There's a heater, yeah. and I'm I'm perfect over here. I because I've got a lot of um, ambient heat coming from all this equipment, right? Yeah. We know how hot this equipment can be. We were in the chili bowl one year when we first put that booth in. Oh yeah. 
And before and, we had the air conditioning, it was so hot in there. We would have to open the door and fan the door to get cool air in there just to cool us off. Because you can't keep the door open during a chili bowl race. Right. It's a little loud. I do see that there's a warming trend coming to Humboldt Speedway. If I look at the 10-day forecast, we got the uh, King of America and the uh, Battle at the Bull Ring coming up on the 23rd through the 25th this month. A week from today, uh, temperatures start drifting up into the 40s. And, uh, 40s. Well, 50s, actually. Yeah, 50s. 50s. I was going to say, I saw so it. So it's, it's the 40s this can... week for high in Humboldt. And yeah. towards the weekend, you're getting up to around 50 by the start of next week. I'm seeing uh, May, March 27th. I guess that's uh, well beyond the... Uh, Looks like they have something March 19th. Oh, I see the, the dates, uh, the 23rd through the 25th in Humboldt, Kansas. I'm seeing highs in the 60s. Yeah. Oh, man, 68 for a yeah. high on Friday the 21st, 4th. 62 for high on Saturday the 25th with lows in the 40s and maybe still a chilly 50. at night though. So yeah, it, but it's going to be a lot better and I'm not seeing a whole lot of predictions for rain. Tell you what, we're going to get John Allen on the show coming up next Monday. He'll give us a big update by that time. He'll know everything that's happening uh, for that weekend. <laughs> but I'm seeing a positive forecast for Humboldt coming up. By uh, by the time the King of America rolls out on the 23rd through the 25th, highs in the upper 50s, maybe even towards 60, and lows in the upper 40s to 50s. So that's that, not too Kirk, bad. Kirk, just so you know, cold weather is good for the pay-per-view business. Yeah, but you still want to see a big crowd down yeah, there, right? I, those, we want to see him make some money. 60 degrees during the day, that'll get enough people out there. To where you're able, and you know you're able to go to the car if you need to, or go inside the concession stand and warm up a little bit. You're, you're that'll be perfect race race and dirt there. will have all the uh, live video of that event. The race and dirt King of America twelve presented by Shocker Hitch and the eighth annual race and dirt Battle of the Bull Ring. That 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 was an event that they normally had like two, three weeks ahead of the King of America. That's a B-Mod-only event. But they got such bad weather trying to get that thing in. They've combined the two, and this is planned. They've combined those two events into one gigantic three-day extravaganza, March 23rd through the 25th. They got a practice session on the 22nd of March down there. So, again, we'll get uh, John Allen on the show next Monday. He'll give us a big update on how everything is looking for the uh, how much do you pay for that jacket todd about a hundred bucks 129.99 i think i think you can get them on amazon i'll, I'll try she to says on amazon that jacket's for a hundred bucks that's what it is yeah that's it so i'm sure they've dropped down because i think we got I'm, battery thirty dollars there you go yeah so uh, and it's a great jacket. let me tell you i was a little skeptical trust I, me I, I need to get one and it stayed so warm at the ballpark that um my wife knew that i was warm because i didn't go to the car and that's how she knows that you're not cold because I'll go to the car and I'll warm up again and I'll, I'll do whatever it takes to warm back up and I'll make my way back out again. But it's a cool looking jacket. Yeah. Too. Like I said, you wouldn't even know it's got like, it's not. And the cool thing is it's not bulky. You're not wearing something so heavy. You're like, oh, my gosh, this got heater. No, it's it's lightweight. It charges up. And I think it only, I, it's got a rapid charge thing on it. So it only takes like maybe an hour and a half or two hours to completely charge the whole battery again. So. 
Like if you had something to do during the day and then again at night, boom, man. Marie says it's run small, so size up. Might be, yeah. Like I said, I bought the zip up one instead of the pullover right. because I didn't. I don't. I don't like to have to worry about having a small. I like to have some room in my hooded jackets. So normally I do buy hooded. I'd have to wear a big damn jacket. Yeah, and the cool thing is, I think there's a si- there's a sizing chart on there that kind of gives you the conversion to you know let you kind of know where you're right, at right. size of a person, and then also the the comment section is your best friend. Read some of those comments of some people that bought it. And they'll tell you, hey, my husband's six foot tall and weighs 240. And this, you know, this size fit him better than this, you know. Right. So that that's always your best friend on those things. But, yeah, it's perfect for this spring. Man, I'm at base, we're at baseball games here just in a couple. We got a game coming up next week. Zach does. And it's going to be cold sitting out there at the baseball game. So it's. Hey, did, did I tell you that I'm going to have a grandson? Yes, you did. Well, you told track talk you hadn't revealed this part yet on to mostly motor you knew we we knew the baby my, part my, my youngest daughter is pregnant and she is going to have a grandson and i can't wait this could cost me some money yep i it, it, i might have to buy a junior sprint you'll be you'll be maybe maybe your daughter will be like no i've seen that road we're not going down that but you won't have to do that for a couple of years yet you get you still got a little bit of time. Yeah. A little bit of time. Maybe he'll develop a crazy arm and becomes a crazy pitcher or quarterback for the you know, and you don't have to worry about sprint cars and stuff. You can just be You get, think Garoppolo's gonna make the Raiders better? Yeah. I don't think the Raiders are gonna be any better, but they're I, I don't think Garoppolo is any better than No, their, no, no, he car. isn't. No, no. But what I think is is car and the team around him was they were they, they car just, was done. They didn't believe in him. They were done, and Carr was. I don't think Carr believed in the third. He'd been involved in so many people, coordinators after coordinators, head coaches after head coaches. So many different coaches. He was done. Yeah. And Garoppolo going there will make a difference for them, but they will not be any better team. I don't think. I think they'll still finish, probably, a little better than five hundred. That's where I'm going to put them at. Marie says they have heated vests. Yeah, they do. Actually, if you are a vest guy, I'm not a vest guy, but I've heard heard a bunch of people compliment that vest. So if you're a vest guy, um, and you can wear that vest under a jacket, you see, you know, like if you had another jacket. But uh, definitely, uh, there's a lady at the ballpark that wears the vest. And I've seen her with the battery, and she and I, she's the one who gave me the idea. She goes, you can unplug your vest. And if you're tired, and if your battery's running dead on your telephone, you can just plug your phone into the battery pack that the that the jacket comes with, and it'll charge your phone. Because it's just a battery pack. Oh. So it's universal battery pack that's that that goes in that jacket. That's why I like that jacket. It's not just um, uh, the hookups are not like an iPhone where it's specific for just the you know that. It's a USB and the micro you know what do you call it car and so man yeah you can i've charged my phone on it on the way home i was like my my, my phone was low and i didn't have my my car <laughs> charge it up frog says todd you should be a coat salesman <laughs> i sold another I, I told kirk about another coat one time remember that other coat i had re, i had a reversible coat that everybody liked here that turned into a backpack remember my jacket that turns into a backpack right and that's a cool jacket yeah so, yeah, I'll sell anything. I mean, the coldest I've ever been at a race was probably short track nationals. Remember that year, Kirk, when I stood up on top of the building and I had to do 
uh, cut-ins. <laughs> Remember that? That was when the event was like late October, early November. I, I was so freaking cold that race. In a little rock and, where you'd think it'd be, you know, pretty decent down and there. And your concentration level goes to nothing when you're cold. You know let, what I'm saying? Let, it's, me, let me tell you, in, in another time that it was really cold was when I was in Las Cruces, New Mexico, and the wind was blowing so hard, and it was so cold outside. My dad said Arizona and Mexico mornings and evenings can be so cold man they're really cold and that and the problem is it heats up during the day right so you get this false sense of security of like you know it's a nice <laughs> it's a nice day out and then that uh, evening comes in and kicks your butt so yeah Mar- marie loved uh uh frog's comments there she put some smiley faces on go. there well like you said i'll sell anything for you you know that i can i can i can talk uh, the world so about. hey your son hey, yeah, we're leaving wednesday hey, to go to we're visiting a Oh, he's a really good ball. player. He's a good ball player, but we're, here's where we're at now. We're he's all the academic people are starting to talk to him, right? His academic, I, I had no idea he's he's got a really good yeah score. He, his brain is on a different level. Like he's number there's there's a one girl and then him and a boy are tied. So there's three of the smart. He's top three in his school. Yeah, and his ACTs are top is the top ACT in the school. And his IQ is number two in the school. And he's in physics. He's getting into physics, which is there's only a few schools that are really, you know. So what we're at now is we're trying to find schools that have a, a the program academic that also has a baseball team. Because he's not he'll play. Ba- he wants to play baseball, but he definitely doesn't want to fall behind on his academics right. because he knows where he's where he wants to be. So. He may be even going to a community college for the first year or two and play community college ball if something really came up good to where he can knock out all of his basics. And then that way when it's time to go to whatever school. But, yeah, we're going to Highland, Kansas, which is a tiny little community college in about an hour and ten minutes north of Kansas, Kansas where I'm at from Wyandotte County. But he's more interested in his his academics. Academics is a big thing. Now, don't get me wrong, this coach – had sent Zach the message and said, hey, we've got a good program here and we've got a good baseball program, so why don't you come and talk to us? So, Zach, my son, you don't turn down any offers for, to go visit a school, no matter how obscure a school or how great a school it is. If you get an offer for them to come visit your school, you take it, you know. So that's why I'm going to go Wednesday and we're going to visit that school with him. And uh, they went to one and he really liked How liked far away is that from your house? Hour and ten minutes from my house, which mom likes a whole lot. Right. Know. Mom likes that a lot. She she wants to be able to see her kids. She, she would like to see, see him go to Benedictine College, which is up here at Atchison. That way you can go to some of his games. Go to some of the games, and our right. hotel rooms won't cost nearly as much when you're out of town. But, you know, it isn't the same. If you've noticed, I don't know if people if are listening, a lot of people that have kids or grandkids are going to college now. People tend to go outside of their state now. Um they want to travel kids want to travel and get away from home you know and it isn't about going to the getting the little discount at ku getting your in-state discount you know and staying in the state i mean kirk obviously went to iowa state you know and had a few colleges obviously he probably could have selected to pick from but a lot of kids now are they're just they're really open to all these you know zach gets five things a day in the mail with his name on it hey don't forget about it you know it's all right and that's how all college kids are that have high academic scores. So, yeah, he's uh, he's on a different level of brainiac. It's just a weird – when I listen to him talk, Scott, I 
like I said, him it, and it's he, like Kirk. Uh huh. Like I said, it's a different language, kind of, you know. And you and Zach can already tell where you're at. So yeah, I, I'm looking forward to doing this visit. Mom did the last visit. I'm doing this visit. So um, Wednesday I'll be doing that, and then I think baseball starts. I think he has a game next Thursday. So oh. we have Piper, local high school baseball. So Kirk Elliott visited. He came out to one game last year. And uh, What are you looking at, Kirk? He's got oh, I'm something. I'm just looking at some of the schedule of events coming up this weekend. Yes, sir. Go ahead. Uh, now we've been killing break, time. Break it down for <laughs> us. World of Outlaw Late Models back in action this weekend. You remember that event at Smoky Mountain Speedway got called off here a couple of weeks ago. Right. They reset that for this Thursday night, March 16th. And then on Friday and Saturday, they'll be at the Boyd Speedway in Georgia. So that's coming up for the World of Outlaw Late Model. Should be warm down about, there. I know we talked about the uh, Lucas Oil Late Model Series at Atomic and Brownstown. Uh, this weekend, so uh, that's where the World of Outlaws are this weekend. And uh, want to mention too, we talked about it on Saturday as well. Big week for the Kansas City area sprint car fans coming up on April seventh and eighth. April seventh, they're going to be at US thirty six Raceway up here in Osborne, Missouri. They didn't get to run up there last year because it got rained out about a year ago, and then Saturday, April 8th at the 81 Speedway near Wichita. And then on Tuesday, Mar- uh, April 11th, that high limits $50,000 to win sprint car race at Lakeside Speedway. So that's coming up right around yeah, the corner. We'll get a hold of Lakeside Denny when it gets close to that race and probably have him on the show maybe right before that big race at Lakeside Speedway because we we talked to a lot of people talked you know Donnie Shaw we talked to everybody said they were going to be here from watching that right that race so hopefully and Kirk wants the All Stars next race. Uh, I think it's coming right up. Let me uh, check that out. All Star Sprints. Of course, they had some non points races down in Florida, so they've already run some events, but they haven't started tabulating any points yet. Uh, Tyler Courtney is the defending champion of the All-Star Circuit of Champions. Uh, but in April, uh, they're going to be at Attica Raceway Park in Ohio. On the 7th, April 7th. 7th and 8th. Right. That'd be uh, Friday and Saturday night. Attica Raceway Park. And then... Uh, after that, they're going to be at Jacksonville Speedway in Illinois on May the 12th. So they have about a month off before they run two nights at Attica. That's probably not And a they're bad not idea. back in action until May the 12th at Jacksonville Speedway. That's probably not a bad idea. Yeah. So far, and we haven't had uh, any points tabulated for the All-Stars yet, Brad Sweet won at Volusia Speedway Park, Carson Macedo, one night, two there, and Tyler Courtney picked up a couple of wins at East Bay Raceway Park. That's what we've seen so far in the uh, All-Star Circuit of Champions. I like the comment. He said, teach your kid the common sense, and he'll be the smartest kid ever. I just I, I just want to share the text that I got from my son. Maybe he, I'm heading to – him and the t- team has just finished baseball, and they're heading to go get lunch. And I texted him. He said, I'm, well, me and some of the guys are going to get food. And I said – uh, I always used to tell him, be smart, be safe, be careful, you know, And but I, I kind of quit doing that now. I just tell him, be careful and be the smart one. Right. 
and don't be the dummy yeah and so when he texts me back he goes you know i always think first before i do anything so he's he's that kid um i'm more proud of that boy uh being a teenager than i mean like i said i from my only point of reference i have is me <laughs> and my friends and uh, right. I, i'm super happy for my boy so yeah this weekend will be fun so um lakeside speedway is um april 11th right Kurt? right Tuesday, April 11th. They're already out Big there night. working hard every day. I went by there last on Saturday, and they were up getting the grounds ready, getting all the stuff. You know, they have big stuff over the weekend, I mean, over the holidays. Uh, 50K to win. It's going to be big. There's going to be a lot of people. That's the uh, first high limits race of the season. Right. Yeah, could like you so. imagine? There's going to be. I think be... they're going to run a uh, non-points event, and uh, I don't have their uh, – web page up right now but weren't they going to run a uh, non-points event ahead of that lakeside race i was trying to see thunderbolt the... raceway non-points race that's it yeah california yeah yeah they're so this would be the big there. one here mm-hmm. there are gonna be a lot of people that's march there. 21st that's coming up right around the right corner, around the corner that. it's mm-hmm. quick and it can be a little chilly too so if you're going to be out there can't out there lakeside you make sure you're and the the other fifty thousand dollar to win race is lernerville That'd be good. Now, the, the reason they're not counting points on that race out at Thunderbolt is they didn't want everybody to have to drive all the way out there. Right. And Because a lot of these guys for travel are going to be more in the Midwest. So if you're asking them to travel all the way out to California for a points-paying race, that's Non-points a little bit too race. much. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But they kind of wanted to expose the series out in California and not force everybody to be there. There's enough guys that race 410 sprint cars that can fill out they should have a pretty good field at it. Oh, no doubt. Thunderbolt. Yeah, no doubt about it. And then they're going to go to 34 Raceway, Kokomo Speedway, Wayne County Speedway, Tri-City Speedway, Eagle Raceway. You know, that that's a race I want to go see, Eagle Raceway. Absolutely. Yeah. That we would... don't see enough big races up there anymore at Eagle. No. I mean, that's a great facility. They've turned into a 305 track up there. That was one of the first places I worked with you guys at. We did the... We did a race up at Eagle, and that's where Scotty Cook, I think, um, I was on the infield running the camera for Scotty, the recording camera, and that was when he asked me, have you ever been on the infield of a sprint car race? Keep your head on a swivel. I said, no, not in a sprint car race, and he said, I'm going to let you do one thing. You just stay on the golf cart for this first race. Just get a feel of it. When you hear me holler, you follow me second part of the race you can just grab a hold of my my, my belt buckle or his, his buckle on his pants and just you behind me right if he gets right. hit i'm gonna get hit but and then he goes once you've kind of figured it out then i'll turn you loose he goes but i don't want you to stray away from that golf cart because he goes it's a little different on because he knew Spread i was a ph- car's different deal yeah and he knew i was a photographer on the infield and i'd i'd shot video or photo on the infield of sprint cars and definitely have to have your head on a swivel you don't ever put your back to a sprint car race never, never. you, you, you always you, got to keep your head on a you swivel. can have your body position to where it can come your head can turn but your body never turns right. man and and that right. was one thing like you said i wish and hot hot lap buying a hot pass or, or a pit pass i wish some of these people like kirk elliott we talk about all the time we're in these places where these tracks we used to go and those sprint cars are not driving they're coasting through a lot of these things they're not on and they don't they can't stop and you've right. got to be careful you can't just dart out between someone so 
I know we're not talking to people that are novice here on the thing, but make sure all the, if you bring newbies to the track and you take them down to the pits, make sure they understand that it's a dangerous place down there. You just don't go running around yeah. willy-nilly after the racetrack. Kirk, races. another place I'd like to go to to watch the high limit race is Houston's. Oh, absolutely. I'd like to go to Houston's eight, period. 8 15. Right. Big event coming up there the High Bank Nationals in June that pays $250,000 to win. And that'll be the new site for the Silver Dollar Nationals for late models in July up at Houston Speedway. And, uh, yeah, that's on my bucket list, too. I, you've been to Houston Speedway. I've not been to a race at Houston Speedway before. so It's one of the nicest tracks in the country. Looking forward to getting up there for that. World of Outlaw schedule, a little bit different than what we've seen, a lot different than what we've seen in the past. You remember for years they went out to California mm-hmm. about this time of the year, and then they'd come working their way back through the Midwest in April. Not this year. They're at uh, Pennsylvania this weekend, weather permitting, Williams Grove. On Friday night, Lincoln Speedway on Saturday night. After that, they go to Talladega Short Track. track. That's the same weekend as the Cup Series at Talladega. uh, No, that's not correct. I take that back. The Cup Series down there in late April. This is March 24th through the 25th, a month ahead of when NASCAR's Mm. down there. But they'll be at Talladega Short Track on Friday, March 24th. And then Saturday night at Magnolia Motor Speedway in Columbus, Mississippi on Saturday, March 25th. Then they go to Devil's Bowl Speedway on March 25th. I'll be at Devil's Bowl next week. Actually, that's March 31st and April 1st at Devil's Bowl Speedway, two weeks after the 50th annual Spring Nationals at Devil's Bowl Speedway. You're heading down there this weekend. Yeah, right. I'm going to go down there this weekend. I think the weather looks good down there. I hope so. What's the weather look like in Miss? Let me let me look that. You up. look that up while I uh, go through the schedule here. So they're at Devil's Bowl Speedway on March 31st and April 1st, and then they go to uh, Osborne US 36 Raceway and I 81 Speedway April 7th and 8th. Then it's the Federated Auto Parts I 55 Speedway in Peebley. April 14th and 15th, they'll be there for the Ironman coming up there in August. And then they're going to Knoxville in April this year. Two nights at Knoxville, April 21st and 22nd. And then they head to Tri-State Speedway in Hobstadt. Tri-City Speedway in Granite City on Friday, April 28th. And Tri-State Speedway in Hobstadt, Indiana on Saturday, April 29th. So... Those are some of the big events in the world of outlaws, the way the schedule lays out over the next several weeks. It's going to be a little chilly down there this weekend. It's going to be 54 on Friday night and 56 on Saturday night. They called off that event they scheduled down there this weekend. They were supposed to have some kind of a 305 Nationals down there this weekend. They called that off. So uh, temperatures in the 50s for high in Dallas? 54, 56. Well, you know, we've seen it colder than that down there have we not oh you know where i'll be if it's cold you'll be indoors i'll be up there (laughs) in the the suite the 50th annual spring nationals how about that isn't that crazy i hope we never lose devil's bowl well i'm afraid that uh eventually eventually it's gonna happen it's gonna be over Mm mm-hmm 
I mean, you talked to Lanny Ross Edwards. We had him on the show last year, and he talked about, you know, he just pretty much said that one day it's going to happen. We just don't know when. Well, that that area is just becoming so popular down there. They just they want to build some more buildings on that right by the airport, you know. The one place that we always had the most problems with our wireless microphones is always by an airport, isn't it, Kurt? And that's right next to an airport. It's right next to an airport. And we had problems when we were in uh, Bozeman as well. Montana? Yeah. What was that? Yeah, that, that wireless system that you uh, put together in all these races, it was a little bit tricky, wasn't it? Yeah, no doubt. Not always 100% foolproof. Never. Wireless never foolproof. Mic system. Yeah. You used to fight that like crazy. You'd get down there at some of these racetracks and you'd have to change frequencies and then move things around. And not as simple as it uh, seems to be. It appears to be. Yeah. All right, Kirk. So, um,. So we're going to get uh, we're going to record Carson Macedo later this week, yep. and we'll have him. We'll on play the show. that on Track Talk on yep. Saturday. Yeah. Make sure you tune in Saturday morning. And then we'll line uh, we'll line John Allen up for next Monday. He'll give us the lowdown. I think with the uh, King of America down at Humboldt Speedway next Monday show. So we'll. Uh, I I texted Casey Schumann. Didn't hear back yet. So we'll, yeah, we'll get, get a hold on. of. He's. Uh, Casey and then Darren Bennett before Speedway that. Casey be, Schumann running I-70 Speedway now. And then we'll have Darren Bennett on before the big event at Lakeside Speedway as well, too, to make sure we promote well, that. Well, we'll get some drivers on. Talk about it. Absolutely. How about that? Let's get some stars on the show. Yeah. Um, I'm going to take Marie's advice and get on uh, booking.com. Yeah, that's what you need to do. I was going to tell you, booking.com has been... We've been looking for some places ourselves. They're and, pretty steady. And Could you headquarter at like at one place and drive to all these racetracks? It doesn't seem like that uh, Port Royal and Williams Grove and Lincoln and these other racetracks are that far apart from one another. Could you find a place and just headquarter out of one place the whole week? Maybe. I, I might just do that. Calculate how much it costs money-wise for gas and then... Compare that to give what that you'd money. spend taking the motorhome out Give there. Kirk the... Give him, be, it, it might be cheaper than taking the motorhome out there. Give Kirk all the numbers. Let him crunch it. You say, here's how much it costs for the week. Here's right. how much the gas will cost. Well, and then he can that. put it in his computer. And you know more I, about I, that than I do. I, I'm, I'm a little more in tune with the motel rooms yeah. and doing yeah. that. Yeah, you've been your own travel agent for Racing Boys for, what, 15 years? Yeah. You're a pretty good travel agent. Right. Well, we'll just we'll just try to find a place out there. You know why I say you're a good travel agent? You saved us a lot of money over the years. I did. You did? Yeah. You used to have the hookup. For that, I appreciate that. Uh, we, we used to have pretty good hookup. I, I, I used to get a a, Discount a, a room up there at uh, Elma, Washington. Remember that? I remember Kurt? that. <clears throat> got a little advertising trade. Little, little trade uh, up there. You know, back and forth. Yeah. Worked out pretty good. If you still people out there might want to do some trading with us, we, you'd be up there we two can do weekends. That. You'd be up there two full weekends, so you spent a lot of nights up there over a two-week period, and you found a place that worked out pretty well up there. Right. Um, driver Austin Winger arrested. Ashton after Winger. Ashton Winger. 
Ashton Winger. What did he get arrested for, Kirk? Do you know? That's the first I've heard that. Um, arrested after an on-off track incident at Southern Raceway. Wow. Oh, no, no, I saw that. I saw that video where they got arrested for fighting after the race. I saw that. So you get in a fight at the race? And I think that's the first time I've heard that. If you get in a fight at the <clears> race, they're going to throw you in jail? I never got thrown in Depends jail. Depends on what happens, though. How many you know. times you ever see that happen? Yeah, but maybe, let's say. I'm lucky I never did get Let's say in jail. somebody falls down and hits their dome in the in this. They had nothing to do with the fight, and maybe you push somebody down or something. I mean, there's a lot of ways you can get arrested in a fight that, you know, he, traditionally. He attacked driver G.R. Uh, Smith after an on-track incident. <clears throat> I saw that. I saw that video of that, I believe. And he got arrested. Yeah. In wow. fact, uh, there were some people that had video of him getting the handcuffs put on him. Did you see that, Tammy? Yeah, I'm going to pull it up here real quick. Can you find it, Todd? Yeah, you know what this thing is. Let me see if I can pull this video here. It's going to do a commercial for I missed for that hour. video. We saw uh, Brandon Overton and Chris Madden get into it here about a week ago. No charges were filed there in that incident. Clickbait. Well, uh, listen. Here's the as story. As many though. times as I fought at the racetrack, I'm, it's a miracle I never went to jail. There's the story that we're seeing right there. All right. So let's see if. Uh, uh, uh. Maybe this started in the first turn of the first lap with Smith making hard contact with Winger to take the second position in turn one. We're watching it now here, Kurt. Here we go, Kurt. Here we go. Flow Racing, courtesy of Flow Racing. Ashton Winger is driving the which car? On the top side? I'm not sure exactly which one he I'm not seeing that now on this thing, so let me see if we can find. Is that the race? Is that something else? Anyway, the fracas started in the first turn of the first lap with Smith making hard contact Let's see if with Winger this is it to take here. the second position in turn one. Boom. Winger returned the favor with a cutoff slide job in turn four on the same lap leading Smith to drive into Winger in turn one on the second lap, then running into Bang. him under caution during the ensuing yellow flag. Car 12 right yeah, there. Yeah, 12 is Ashton Winger. That's it. That's the video. Oh, there look at that. G.R. Smith in the two car. Yep. And Smith's hard back in the guess. Comes back around right here. Here we go. Bang. Here we go. That'll do it. That'll now, get you in trouble every time. Now he's back in the guess. And he's going to hit him, right? Or beat him down into the pits. So he, uh-oh. Mm. Oh, Boom. my God. What? I've done that before. I've That's taken th out my whole radio. G.R. Smith is not, he really doesn't care if he tears his own car up or not. He, he didn't give a shit at that point. That was pretty much it, wasn't it? Yeah, right. So did something happen after those guys got out of here the we, car? Here we go. Here we go. Look, there's, the, put the handcuffs on him right there. 
At the track. At the track. He still got his race suit on. And there looks I've like I've never seen that before at a race track. That looks Scott. like a director from Flow, right? I mean, from um, the track. He had a walkie-talkie on. I have never seen a driver get put in handcuffs at a racetrack after an on-track incident. <laughs> I haven't either. Never seen that in my 55 years of watching races. That's a first. Says and when, they, they, they weren't messing around right Did they get either. any kind of a scrape out of the race car? Or this, or what we saw is what we saw no, I think, with the race cars. Did they get into it yeah, out he, of the race second, car? Yeah, it says... Winger and a member of Smith's team also taken away in handcuffs after a second scuffle when Winger's damaged car returned to the pit area even later. So there was another fight even later yeah, on. I see uh, that uh, according to reporting from I, Dirt I, on I, Dirt. I think there's... This is according to Dirt on Dirt. Winger's father attacked Smith in the pit <laughs> and was arrested with Winger and a member of Smith's team after being taken away in handcuffs from a second scuffle when Winger's damaged race car returned to the pit area. Huh. Wow. And they... How about that, race fans? And the season's just that starting. That is a first. Season's just starting, and you're already in jail. You already, right? you already got thrown in jail. That <laughs> is a first. Never seen a driver get handcuffed at the racetrack and taken away. You've never seen that either, right? I'm just lucky I never got thrown in jail, to be honest with you. So now we find out if Winger has actually been charged and what the penalty will be if he's convicted. Kirk, there's still the rest of the story to be told here. Kirk, did I, did I raise a little... A little hell when I yeah, raised. Yeah, you, you rough people up there a few times. Yeah, no doubt. All you, right. You made no apologies either. No, I, I didn't really care less. I could really care less who I got into it with at the racetrack. So, all right. So, today's show has been brought to you by Rod In Supply. Um, we can't thank uh, Bob Douglas enough for being a great supporter of the Racing Boys over the years. He's been with us since 2003. And a great supporter of the Racing Boys, always has been. And we can't thank Bob Douglas enough. And, and again, that's featuring the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. They're going to race down at CMS on April 29th, right, Kurt? Is that right? That is. Same weekend as the draft in Kansas City. We'll be getting that? We'll, oh. And we'll be getting updates about that series every week as well, too, when that thing kicks off. So, yeah. yeah. It's going to be a busy week in Kansas City that week. Like you said, another another busy week. Yeah, no doubt about fun it. Fun stuff. All right. For uh, Todd Surprise, for my partner, Kirk Elliott, I'm Scott Trailer saying thanks for joining us. We hope that you guys will join us again next week right here on Mostly Motorsports. Again, it's all brought to you by Rod In Supply featuring the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. For Todd, for Kirk, I'm Scott. We'll see you next week right here on RBN, the Racing Boys Broadcasting Network.